Imagine for a moment you're scrolling through your Facebook page. Some of you don't do that now, but some of you do that. You're, you're scrolling through Facebook and you're looking at the news and you're looking at the pictures in your friend's life and what they're up to. You're looking at, at their, their, latest, uh, their latest events and you're seeing what they've posted. And suddenly you get that little, that little notification pops up in the corner. And you click on it, and it's a friend's request. You get a, a friend's request on Facebook. And it's not an old friend from school that you haven't seen in years. It's not even a relative that you only see once a year or so at reunions. It's, and it's not spam. It's a friend's request from God. God wants to be your friend. Do you believe it? Do you, do you believe that God wants to be your friend? And, and would you respond to a friend's request like that? And if you did... How could something like that change your life? So how many of you have seen God Friended Me? Has anyone watched it? There's a few of you out there. Yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting show. I've, I've enjoyed it. It's a new series on CBS, and it follows Miles Finer, who is an atheist, and he is the son of a minister. Miles lost his faith, as you heard in that brief clip. He lost his faith when his mother uh, was tragically killed. And one day, Miles gets a friend's request on Facebook, he gets a friend's request from God. And at first he thinks it's a joke, he thinks it's a, a prank. But as he connects with God through this Facebook account, suddenly he starts connecting with a lot of other people and bringing some good into their lives, helping them with problems and bringing in some hope. And it's at that point that he begins to suspect that somebody is out to get him. That someone is trying to make him look like a fool. And so the show follows him and his friends as they attempt to find out who is behind this God account. And all the while, they're making connections and they're helping people and they're doing good. It is very much a modern retelling of that old TV trope like Highway to Heaven or Touched by an Angel. It's kind of a modern version of those shows. But as I've watched it, I've, I've wondered how strange does the concept God friended me sound to the average person? Does the average person think that God would want to be their friend? I, I suspect that most people, if they think about God at all, most of our neighbors, most of our friends, if, if they even give God a second thought, they don't think of Him as a friend. They think of Him as, as distant, as disconnected, as beyond our reach. And yet what Jesus shows us again and again, what Jesus shows us through His very life is that God has come near. And as strange as it, as it sounds, the, the language that is used all through the Bible and, and by Jesus Himself, Jesus describes our relationship with God as, as friendship. It's there all through the Bible. We're going to look at one passage today in, in John chapter 15, verses 12 through 17. It's on page 902 in those Bibles that we've provided. It's also the notes are also available if you're using the Uversion Bible app. You can find my notes right there, but John chapter 15 beginning in verse 12. And these are the words of Jesus that he shared with his disciples the night before his crucifixion. Beginning in verse 12, Jesus says, "This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you." Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, 
For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. I believe this is a very important passage. I believe that this passage, like like very few others, this passage shows us the heart that Jesus has for us. He, He doesn't just want to be our Lord, although that would be wonderful enough. He doesn't just want to be our Savior, although that is amazing. He wants to be our friend. Jesus offers us His friendship as we offer Him our hearts. And what I love about this passage is that friendship is Jesus's idea. We're not begging Jesus to come be our friend. He wants our friendship. And then He turns around and He offers so much more. As Jesus offers you His friendship, He wants you to know His heart. And we get to verse 14 here. And 14 is very difficult for us to understand because I think we hear verse 14 through a a world of hurt. Look at what it says there in verse 14. Jesus says, You are My friends if you do what I command you. (laughs) Have you ever had a friend say, You're not My friend if you don't do this. You're not My friend if you don't do that. If you don't do this or that, you're not My friend. If you don't support Me, you're not my friend. If you don't support this, this, this addiction I have, you're, you're not my friend. If you don't accept this addiction, you're not my friend. If you don't accept this relationship I'm in, you're not my friend. If you don't allow me to continue screwing my life up the way I want to, you're not my friend. And, and I think sometimes we hear that from people. I know I've heard that from, from people. And, and maybe we don't hear it in words, although I, we do. Sometimes we hear that in attitudes from others. The way that they slight us the way that they cut us out of their lives or sometimes just the way they cut us with their comments with their with their words i hope we know jesus better than to think that's what he's doing here i hope we know jesus better than to think that he is saying that that sentence that verse with that kind of tone he says there in verse 14 you are my friends if you do what i command you what he's saying is you are my friends because your heart is set on the very same things that my heart is set on. See, what Jesus is looking for in friendship is not not just friendship. Jesus is looking for partnership. He wants us to own His mission as much as He does. That means loving like He does. That means knowing His heart, knowing that He loves us, knowing how He loves us. And that takes us back to that command in verse 12. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you love like jesus that sounds hard that sounds really difficult that sounds overwhelming and impossible but you realize in order to do that you have to let jesus love you first to love like jesus you have to let him love you first you have to accept his love for you sometimes i i think that's exactly where we get stuck because sometimes i think that we don't believe that we're lovable We don't think we're all that 
lovable. We know we've messed up more than anyone else. We know that we have messed up. We know our sins. We know our failings. And we don't love ourselves. So how could Jesus love us? And so we block Jesus' love right there. We put a stopper on it. And we never experience His promise. We never experience, verse 13, greater love as no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this. Someone lay his life down for his friends. You and I hear that on, on this side of the cross, don't we? We hear it after the cross. You realize the cross was hours away. The disciples had, had no idea about the cross. They didn't realize the cross was coming in, in just another few hours. And so when they heard that word, they weren't thinking about the cross. Greater love has no one than this, that, a, that, a man, that someone would lay their life down for their, for their friend. And so, so what's their context? Well, just a couple chapters earlier, just a few minutes earlier, Jesus had washed their feet. He had laid down His preferences. Lay down his his majesty, and and he had accepted this very humble role. See, it's not about that one time sacrifice. It's not about the the cross. It's not about sacrificing your life. It's about sacrificing your wants. It's about sacrificing your time. It's about sacrificing your preferences. It's about giving yourself to others so that they can see the love of Jesus through you. And what you end up finding when you do that is you get out. You get as much out of it as they do. Because you can't give that kind of love away without receiving it from Jesus in the first place. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. And as your friend, that's what Jesus wants you to experience. As your friend, that's exactly what Jesus wants for you. He wants His love for you to overflow and He wants you to find your purpose in Him and and in His love. As I said in the TV series, God friended me. It's it's not Miles who chooses to be God's friend. It is the God account that chooses Miles. Miles is an atheist. He has lost his faith, and as a result of losing his faith, he has cut himself off from God. Also because of that, he has cut himself off from a relationship with his father. But the God account chooses him, and and it slowly begins to change him as he serves others, as he becomes a blessing to other people. I want you to notice what Jesus says in verse 16. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He says, I chose you. He, he chooses us. There's a blessing in knowing that. There's a blessing in knowing that as you serve, it's not about your energy It's not about your power. It's not about your love. It is the love of Jesus working through you. And you can't miss that as Jesus explains that this friendship, it's not just about Him and you. It's not just about Him and me. It's about us. It's about us together. It is about one another. And it's about the lasting result of that love. Again, going back to verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Fruit, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? We have spent a whole year talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit. You remember the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. One of the things that we saw as we spent that year looking at the fruit of the Spirit is that, 
It's not about my love. It's not about your joy. It's not about your peace. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about what the Spirit brings into our lives. And as the Spirit brings those fruit into our lives, it's about the way that we nurture that in one another. It's about the way we care for each other. It's about the way that we together bear much fruit. And that that fruit abides. It lasts. It has a lasting effect in our lives. A few weeks ago, I was talking with Eric Kuhn. Eric leads uh, the AA group that meets here at the church on Saturday nights. And I have to tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited that we're providing a, a space for, uh, for the AA group. I'm excited that, about the support that they've received. I get excited when I come over and see the cookies that have been made for you guys and the snacks. We've got people here who make cookies and snacks for the, uh, for the AA group. And it is a wonderful thing. And, and Eric has been educating me. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Uh, he's been educating me on the topic of, of addiction and recovery. It is a complex topic for me. And as we were talking a few weeks ago, I said, you know, I, I've known some people who have beat alcoholism, who have, who have stayed away from alcohol on their own. Not through AA, but, but they have, through their own willpower, through, through their own change of their habits, they've stayed away from alcoholism. They've, they've beat that addiction. And, and Eric said, yeah, it's possible. You can do that. You don't have to have AA to overcome your alcohol addiction. But then what he said really hit me. He said, if you beat alcoholism without AA, when you die, your sobriety dies with you. When you die, your sobriety dies with you. In other words, you don't pass that strength on to someone else. You don't pass that experience on to someone else. You don't, you don't see that sobriety reproduced in, in the life of someone else who has that struggle. It doesn't impact the life of another alcoholic. It's not reproduced, as Jesus would say, it doesn't bear fruit. I'd be willing to bet that the part of verse 16 you know the best is, is actually the last part of verse 16. Jesus says in His last phrase there is, so that whatever you ask in My Father's name, He may give it to you. We like that part. We like that part a lot. That's, you know, we tie that to prayer. That's a, that's a great prayer verse. So that whatever you ask in my Father's name, He may give it to you. That's, that's wonderful. But look at the whole verse. It starts off not about what God will do for you, but it starts off about what you will do for other people. About the way that you're going to bear fruit in their lives. About the way that you're going to, you're going to allow yourselves to be used in their lives what you will do because Jesus is your friend. You will bear fruit. You will bring good things into the lives of other people. And the good things you bring, they will abide. They will endure. They will survive past your own life. Sometimes that happens because you've been through some tough stuff yourself. Sometimes that happens because you've faced your own demons of addiction and you've found your way through or sometimes it happens because you've faced your own problems. You've faced those problems of divorce or abuse. Or maybe you've had to face cancer or some other illness. Or you've faced the loss of a child or the loss of a, of a loved one. And you're able to bear fruit in the life of someone else because you share that pain. And you share what you've learned and how you've come through that. And you share the way that Jesus loved you through that. And so 
you love others in their hurt. And that's where, that's where friendship with Jesus leads us. That's where friendship with Jesus has to lead us. It's not just to Jesus, but it leads us to other people. People in your life who need Him. He wants you to share His love with others. Now, I don't want to give you the wrong impression about God friended me. It is, it is far from a perfect TV show. I am not promising you any great spiritual lessons to be learned from a TV show on, on CBS. I mean, the premise itself is kind of hokey. God does not have a Facebook account. God is not going to send you a Facebook request, friend request. There's not a lot of spirituality to it. Occasionally, what I love about it is occasionally, we get to hear part of one of Miles' father's sermons. And he'll quote Scripture, and I love it when he quotes Scripture because very often he makes an an excellent point as he quotes Scripture. But I'll I'll tell you what this show is. This show's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to talk to your friends about Jesus. It's an opportunity to say, have you seen this show called God Friended Me? What do you think of that show? What do you think of the idea that God would want to be your friend? It may even be an opportunity to say, you know, our, our preacher is doing a sermon series called God Friended Me, and he's, he's talking about that show a little bit, and well, maybe you could come and join us. Maybe you could come and hear what he has to say about, about God wanting to be our friend. But, you know, in a, in, a world where, in a world where we're told that 57% of our neighbors have no faith in God at all, no faith in God at all, a show like this is an opportunity. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Beyond an opportunity for discussion, though, Jesus calls us to the opportunity to love one another, to love others, to reach out in friendship and to make a difference in their lives, to show them that Jesus loves them and to show them that He loves them by the way that we love them. I want you to hear what Jesus says when he calls us to, to friendship, the call to friendship with Jesus is at, is at the heart of our love for each other. You notice in, in verse 12, at the very first verse we looked at, verse 12, Jesus says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 17, Jesus says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. And what do you find right in the middle? Right in the middle of all that, in verse 15, Jesus says, I have called you friends. That tells me that that friendship with Jesus isn't just about me and Jesus. It's not just about you and Jesus. It's about us. It's about everybody. It's about one another. It's about the way we treat people. It's about the way that we love those who are around us. Friendship with Jesus overflows into friendship with others. You know, you've got people in your life who are lost. You've got people in your life who are lonely. You've got people in your life who are desperate to know that someone loves them. But you've also got people in your life who've got it pretty good. They're doing just fine. Life is good. Everything is fine. But whether they know it or not, something is missing. Someone is missing. And if you've known the love of Jesus in your life, wouldn't you want them to know that also? Who's who's going to show that to them? Who's placed them, who's, who's been placed in their lives to show them the love of Jesus? Today's, uh, today's pretty special for me. Today's kind of a, a special day for me, and it's a day that 
I always try to remember, I always try to, to remember January 6th. I try to celebrate it in my own way. January 6th, 1984, 35 years ago today, out there in our parking lot. <laughs> well, it wasn't a parking lot at that time. But 35 years ago today, somewhere over there, maybe by Donna, I don't know, I gave my life to Christ. 35 years ago tonight, about 6.30 at night, I finally said yes to Jesus. Some of you had been praying about that for a long time. Some of you are probably still praying about it, now that I think about it. I did it for her on her birthday, absolutely. Happy birthday, Gwyneth. 35 years, I told a friend of mine this morning, I'm only 35! He didn't, he didn't believe me, but I, I feel like I'm 35 some days. 35 years ago tonight, I said yes to Jesus and I committed my life to Him and I was baptized into Christ. 35 years ago tonight, I was baptized. And in baptism, I made promises to Him that I have tried to keep and I haven't always done it well. But He made promises to me. And He's kept every one of those perfectly. And I can tell you, it's, it's not been easy. But He's never let me down. Proverbs 18 Verse 24. This is one you'll want to remember. Proverbs 13, verse, Proverbs 18, verse 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Isn't that beautiful? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Jesus has been that friend in my life, closer than a brother. And part of the blessing of friendship with Jesus is that so many other friends came with him. I got so many other friends along with him. Maybe today you need that kind of friendship. Maybe today you need that kind of promise. We want to show you what a great friend Jesus is by being your friend, by being friends with you. In a moment, the ladies are going to play, going to play two verses of a song. And uh, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And I just want to invite you, if, if you've never accepted that call to friendship with Jesus, let's, you know, let's just talk about friendship for a moment. If you've never accepted Him as your friend, and along with that, your Lord, your Savior, but if you've not accepted how much He loves you, we want to give you a chance to do that, to, to come forward, and, and I just want to pray with you for a moment. We'll talk, and, and we'll make arrangements for you to, to be joined with Him in baptism, to say yes to Him that way. We want to offer you the chance to say yes to Jesus, to be friends with Jesus. Whether you come or not, we want to be your friends also. We want to show you His love through the way we love you. Would you stand with me while we sing?